Hello, welcome to the We'll Preach for Food podcast. My name is Doug Peterson. It is my privilege to be the pastor of Faith Lutheran Church. We're based out of Shelton, Washington, and we're a congregation of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. Faith is a beloved, inclusive community. We're striving to grow closer to and more like Jesus for the sake of the world. Thank you so much for making this podcast a part of your day. Well, we've just begun a series on the Ten Commandments. And so whether the Ten Commandments make you think of Charlton Heston or Mel Brooks or Larry the Cucumber, please open your small catechism to the first part, to the Ten Commandments. Today we're looking at number two. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. I'm going to lift up three ways that we honor the second commandment. We speak God's name for worship. We bear God's name in our very existence as the people of faith. And we glorify God's name when we participate in God's mission and purposes. I'll leave you with some takeaways. And there's a Faith 5 handout as well as small catechism resources available at our website, www.faithshelton.org. So the second commandment says, You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. It's recorded that way uh, in Exodus chapter 20, verse 7, and also Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 11. And in the small catechism, it says this, the second commandment, you shall not make wrongful use of the name of the Lord your God. What does this mean? We are to fear and love God so that we do not curse, swear, practice magic, lie, or deceive using God's name, but instead use that very name in every time of need to call on, pray to, praise, and give thanks to God. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. So what is God's name? Well, I've heard that maybe God's name is Art, you know, as in Our Father who's Art in Heaven. Or maybe it's Harold, you know, like Our Father in Heaven, Harold be your name. Or maybe God's name is Andy, as in Andy walks with me, Andy talks with me, Andy tells me I am his own. <laughs> in fact, God's name is spelled Y-H-W-H, four letters in the Hebrew alphabet. Hebrew doesn't even have vowels or spaces or punctuation, so some have pronounced this Jehovah. The fact is, the name of God is so revered among rabbis teaching the Bible that they almost never say the name out loud. Even written translations to this day usually use a euphemism. They insert the Lord, all caps, in place of God's name. Well, we know now that the name is pronounced Yahweh, Yahweh, Yahweh. God's name is the sound of breathing. The very first thing we do when we're born is we take a deep breath. And the last thing we ever do is exhale. Yahweh. Is our life sustained by air or by the very name of God? Yahweh. Yahweh. And the second commandment regulates what we do with God's name, what we do in God's name. 
Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. The small catechism identifies five ways that we can misuse God's name. We curse, swear, practice magic, lie, or deceive. A cursing and swearing, treat God's name as ordinary, filler, no thing at all. The idea of witchcraft might surprise you, but in reality, a lot of people sort of treat prayer, God's name, like it's magic. Like, if I utter God's name just at the right time or in the right way, I can force or convince God to take away the cancer, or look the other way, or help me pass my tests, or find me the perfect parking place. And we also use God's name in vain when we use God's name to justify sinful behavior or or convince someone to believe us or our cause. People sometimes will claim that they've seen a vision from God or God told me. People cherry-pick Bible verses and use those to justify violence or profit. Those so-called Christian nationalists who stormed the temple, or stormed the temple, stormed the Capitol building earlier this month, Some of them were carrying crosses, signs that say, Jesus saves, while they attacked police, defaced property, and threatened members of Congress? Sure, they might have First Amendment rights, but they clearly violated the Second Commandment. We are to fear and love God so that we do not use or make wrongful use of God's name. Do not take God's name in vain. Instead, the Catechism says, we are to use that very name in every time of need, to call on, pray to, praise, and give thanks to God. God gives us God's name for worship, for prayer, for giving thanks. We can take our cue from the Bible. God's name is always being used to sing praises, offer up prayers, to say thank you. I love Psalm 34, one of countless examples. Psalm 34 begins, I will bless Yahweh at all times. God's praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in Yahweh. Let the humble hear and be glad. Oh, magnify Yahweh with me and let us exalt God's name together. I sought Yahweh and Yahweh answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Or when when the temple was first constructed in Jerusalem under King Solomon. This is about a thousand years before Jesus. But God makes this commitment, this pledge. God says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and I will heal their land. I have chosen and consecrated this temple so that my name may be there forever. My eyes and my heart will always be there. Second Chronicles chapter 7. See, God likes to hear from us. God promises to pay attention when we cry out. And so God gives us God's name and encourages us to pray without ceasing. Elsewhere in the Catechism, it teaches that God encourages us to, to believe that God is truly our Father and we are God's children. We are therefore to pray to God with complete confidence, just as children speak to their loving father or mother. Lutherans honor God's name not by avoiding it, but by properly using it a lot in prayer, praise, worship, and thanksgiving. 
So we observe this commandment when we use God's name, when we speak God's name in prayer and worship. But as God's people, we not only use God's name, we also bear God's name. That Old Testament temple was a sign of God's presence on earth. My name will always be there, God says. Well, now, people of faith, you, me, Andy, Art, Harold, Helen, Courtney, Kelsey, (laughs) we are all God's temple on earth. We are now bearers of God's name. The temple is made of human hearts and not of stone. So God's name resides in each one of us. So now when people are seeking God's face, the Spirit sends them our way. And in God's name, we listen and proclaim the forgiveness of sins and the healing of the land. Folks, we are God's temple, each one of us. Or put it another way, we are ambassadors of Christ, as though God were making God's appeal through us. That's in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We bear God's name. We represent God to the world. The world judges God based on how you and I conduct ourselves. God's reputation is at stake. So how do we live? Well, Pastor Brenda talked about that smell test. Do my words and actions smell like Jesus? Does our shared life as the people of faith smell like Jesus? The second commandment regulates not only how we speak God's name, but also how we bear God's name. And thirdly, the commandment speaks of how we glorify God's name by participating in God's mission. God, is, God has a mission, the Bible says. And so don't just say God's name on Sunday. Don't just stand there feeling all holy. Do what God says. Do what God is doing. Let your light so shine before others that they may see your good works and glorify the Father in heaven, Matthew chapter 5. God is on a mission, a mission of liberating the oppressed, setting the captives free. This is the mission of God's name. At one point in the Bible, it's Isaiah chapter 58. You can tell that God is sort of fed up with us. These people, God says, every day they're out there and they seem eager to know my ways. They keep saying my name, but they're just going through the motions. So then God says this, is not this the kind of worship I have chosen? To loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and break every yoke? Is it not to share your food with the hungry or to provide the poor wanderer with shelter, when you see the naked to clothe them and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood? If you do away with the yoke of oppression, God says, with the pointing finger and malicious talk, and if you spend yourselves on behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness. The second commandment then encompasses our whole lives. You shall not take the name of Yahweh in vain. Rather, we use God's name for worship. We bear God's name in our word, our action, in our life together. We glorify God's name when we participate in God's mission and purpose. So here are some takeaways. 
First, about our words. Second, about our worship. Third, about our welcome. And fourth, about our service and mission. So first of all, about our words. The most obvious takeaway from this second commandment is an honest assessment of our words, our language, our proper and improper use and misuse of God's name. Let's clean up our language, folks. Let's filter our dinner conversations and social media posts through the second commandment. Am I misusing God's name? Or am I in any way seeking to demean, abuse, or manipulate others? Would I say this to Jesus? Would Jesus repost this? And with regard to worship, I want to challenge us to get more creative and daring in how we offer our prayers and praise to God in worship and in the home. I think we ought to explore new and expansive language for God for all of our praying and praising and thanksgiving. God's name is Yahweh. I am the very breath of life. There are literally hundreds of names and images for God in the Bible. Now, for about 3,000 years, we have replaced God's true name with that euphemism, the Lord. That's a long time using one old word. It seems to me we can come up with something better for the next 3,000 years, can't we? I don't think that it was ever God's intention for us to limit God to a handful of, frankly, outdated Jewish metaphors about God. How shall we name God as we worship God? So our words, our worship, how about our welcome? What I do know is that these days there are a bunch of precious children of God who long to know the forgiveness and healing of God's mercy. They're looking for a sign of God's presence on earth. They're looking for God's temple. They come across you and me. But for them, an exclusively masculine image for God is a hindrance to their faith. It's a barrier to their belief. And so, as the living temple of God, as ambassadors of Christ... Let's come up again with inclusive language for people, expansive language for God. This isn't about being politically correct or fearing cancel culture, whatever that is. We're a temple, not not a prison. We're, We're ambassadors, not gatekeepers. It's about being Christ in the world. It's about welcoming the stranger, welcoming every precious child of God, being a living temple with room for everyone enough to come in. And finally, the fourth takeaway has to do with mission. How do we honor God's name? It's by participating in God's work. And people of faith, you know all about that. I love the way you take care of your neighbors, the way you support Community Lifeline, the way you visit the Living Stones Prison Congregation. You make quilts for Lutheran World Relief, give scholarships to children in the Dominican Republic and in Liberia. 
You lend time and energy to Corner of Love Mission. You make sandwiches on Tuesday mornings. You volunteer at our schools and our assisted living facilities. You fold newsletters and answer phones at church. You make Faith Connects phone calls. You serve on church council. You raise your kids in the Christian faith. You pray for our president, our nation, our state, and our world. You are stewards of our land and water. You promote peace and pick up trash in your neighborhoods. You do all these things in the name of God. And by doing so, you glorify God and further God's mission. Well done. Well done. That's all I've got for you this week, folks. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe, like us, or sign up for our mailing list on our website, www.faithshelton.org. Thanks, Chaz and Emily, for your production work. I am grateful for the privilege of working among the people of faith. My benediction today is from Colossians chapter 3, verse 16. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. All glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Mm -hmm.